welcome back to Batting Around. It's Batting Around, a baseball podcast. Uh, I am your co-host, Jane Ost. With me, as always, is Lauren. Hi, I'm Lauren. That's Lauren and Steven. Yo. Steven, are you are you over your COVID? Yeah, I sure am. Feeling good. Oh, stayed for it stayed for the exact amount of time that I had plans w- with people and friends and my boyfriend in Canada. And then as soon as I had to drive eight hours to come home, it was like, I'm gone now. That's how it works. Yeah. And yeah. now you're ready because you're done with COVID to talk about the Mets because we've got David Roth <laughs> yeah. here. How's it you going? might you might find yourself Ross. re-experiencing some symptoms over the next 45 <laughs> to 60 minutes. <laughs> You should know that's normal. Every time people mm-hmm. talk about the Mets, that's when you get the kind of the lowish fever, uh, mm-hmm. the shivering, lethargy, yeah. shivering. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Roth and I messaged you about this. You said, well, you know, I'm going to be coming back in therapy and I'll just not talk about the Mets there this time so I can talk about it with <laughs> you guys. Yep. I, I think it's no secret that the they're not they're not doing so hot what's going on with these guys because last time we had you on that's not that's not how i see it yeah last time we had you on you guys it was kind of like when are the wheels gonna fall off of this team yeah. uh and it's a completely different <laughs> vibe this time yeah around. i think it was like shortly before the wheels actually fell off that team right yeah. like it would be like it's like august it... or september yeah, yeah. we've like, been doing these... that a lot recently we did it to charles with the pirates this oh, season that too. was oh, yeah. that yeah. was very very fun i'm aware that i do it with everything that i write like i wrote about the um the cardinals and i had a sunday shift like uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago and it was like you know sort of not a especially like not a major work i wouldn't say but it was basically like they're not actually as bad as their record makes them look probably but it's been funny to watch them struggle and you might as well enjoy it while it's happening. And they were playing the Mets at that time. And like, as I posted it, they were losing too. And I was like, well, now we'll see like how powerful I actually am. And it was like the Mets burped up a four run lead and lost. right away. <laughs> it's like, so obviously like I can't take credit for the Cardinals being fucking annoying, you know, like that would be, I think that's a bridge too far, but certainly the uh, like the ability to jinx the Mets is like, I mean, again, it's Coles to Newcastle. Like, they're going to do it themselves, but I they do let me help, and I appreciate that. Like, September of last year, if that's when we talked, like, they've basically sucked the same amount since then. Uh, like, it just happened to be that that was, like, the last month of the season in which they won 101 games. But I think it's, like, the buck thing has happened. Like, it's just kind of curdled. The mm-hmm. effort's bad. And I can't figure out, you know, what all is uh, wrong with them beyond, like, uh, suddenly all of their players are hitting their like 15th percent outcome uh, just relentlessly and with no end in sight. And that's like a very Mets thing. Like they don't know how to fix anybody or make anybody better. So it's like if you pay a lot of money for good players and then they play well, then you might have something for a while. But like as soon as you start trying to like improve a young player or call someone up and have them be good uh then you're you're in a bad spot yeah all they know is you know charge phone trade eduardo escobar yeah eat hot chip and lie hot chip. and like yeah and use mark vientos two times a week in a way that somehow annoys the people that think he's good and the people that think he's bad yeah, so yeah. Uh, what, what i'm struggling with here is i'm trying to figure out a way i can blame the rich guy or the richest guy yeah it's tough because i think that for the most part so here's how i do it um, and you can you can take this uh, under advisement. Uh, Cohen said the right things when he bought the team in the sense that like he wanted them to compete. That's cool. Like obviously that is not a given with Major League Baseball owners. And then he spent money on you know top of the market players. Right. And for the Lots most part, yeah, yeah. And like you can't say that he was full of shit there. Like you could. The issue with him is that like if you say that you want to be the Dodgers, like that's more than one thing. Like, and it's a hard thing. Like you have to, like you basically, you start with spending money on players that are good at the major league level, but then all the stuff that keeps the Dodgers, the Dodgers, like over the course of a decade and change of just like winning 99 games a year, is that like, you have to have all of these other processes in place, like operationally in your organization where you're like drafting good players, you're making them better. You're finding guys on the curb and you're turning them into like an actual Max Muncie grade, like, crypto star contributor like and that shit's hard and you need to hire good people for that and it took the Dodgers half decade to even do that yeah right I understand how fucking annoying this is about to sound but it's very much like DC trying to compete with Marvel in their whole fucking constellation (laughs) of of multiverse because it's just like yeah Marvel started like 
20 years ago. And they're just like, oh, this worked well for someone yep. else. Let's just yeah. pop it right in. It is also, and the, the thing I keep coming back to, there's like one Simpsons gag that I like, I actually let myself use it in the last Mets post I did. And I did it in one last year, but it's like, it is, I'm white knuckling, not putting it in every single fucking thing <laughs> I write about them. The Itchy and Scratchy Land episode. I know I'm sounding every bit of my 61 years no, of age. No, please. We, we, usually, right. we usually give the Simpsons reference to Jane, but we'll let you yeah. have it this All week. Right, yeah, Jane, if, if I, I frequently may. catch myself being like, okay, it's the third Simpsons reference. I got to I gotta sit All this right. one out. Yeah. So this one, though, is the one that I think, like, I keep coming back to just as, like, a metaphor for the United States and life <laughs> in it. But also, like, with the Mets, it's there. So... Itchy and Scratchy Land robot parade. Uh, Itchies and Scratchies robots are beating the shit out of each other. And one of them stops and sort of doffs the top of his head to show <laughs> the circuitry inside. And Marge says, that's my ear home. Robot did <laughs> it. Go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And so what yeah. the Mets have done, and I think under Steve Cohen, is they built like a pretty respectable looking robot. And then inside of it is just ham. You know, or like just <laughs> loose wire to packing foam. Yeah. yeah. Like things that you would think like maybe you could put in a robot and then it would like stir to life. Yeah. There's like a circuit board from like a remote control car. And yeah. The right. Like, <laughs> board of like a, like a 1992 Tandy. Yeah. yeah it's real. Like <laughs> that video, the Ocean Gate video where he's like showing the reporter around the thing and he's like, yeah, we actually don't know how it works, uh, but it does float most of the time. And like. There's a like a joystick here, you know, and there's like this Wario decal that I put up that I thought looked good over a leaky spot. <laughs> and it's like that is like still sort of where the Mets are at. That like the story that this has always been the thing with them. Like they knew under the Wilpons that they needed to be like, if you want to be a real baseball organization in like and it's not like 1995 anymore, it, it can't just be like guys that personally played with Sandy Koufax. Like you need right. to have like people that know how to use a video camera, like know how to work a computer, like know how to like open PDF. And they were like very grudgefully dragged into that. And so what they have now and what they've had, I think, you know, like maybe a little bit less than under the Wilpon years, but they were starting with nothing. And like, yeah, to Stephen's point, it was like they were 20 years behind three years ago. But it was like they know how to like identify attributes, but they don't know how to contextualize them in any meaningful way. So it's still kind of like, crude stone tools like first 30 minutes of 2001 version of like <laughs> having a front office right. so what that means in terms of like like in terms of like churning the roster as they've been doing like because the bullpen has been shitting and farting uh all year long in a most embarrassing way and so what they they're doing the things that bad teams do like you're signing guys out of that you know were designated for assignment or like you know minor league free agent types and they're able to like, they could tell you like there's someone in that front office that's like Vinny Natoli's fastball spins a lot or something like they can, they know that <laughs> they just don't know what to do with it or like how to use any of that. And that's been the way that it was, you know, for them all through the, you know, like in the Wilpon years and they have not, you know, I haven't seen any evidence of them even beginning to catch up in that regard. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as like stuff starts fucking up, as soon as like one of the free agents that you sign misses half a season with like being Jose Quintana type injuries, or if your old guys decline or if Edwin Diaz gets hurt in the WBC or any of that, whatever, then like as soon as it's stress tested, you realize that like, yeah, the, the robot uh, does not have any electronics inside of it. Yeah, we we hit crush depth in May instead of September. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when you said the the first, you know, 30 minutes of 2001 Space Odyssey, I want to see the last 10 minutes the Mets version of the last 10 minutes of oh yeah one space Odyssey like <laughs> like the the giant space baby but it's from Queens right it's, it's got like <laughs> Wally Backman's mustache on it and it turns toward you and you can see that it's smoking a cigarette as it like regards <laughs> you from the edge of eternity itself <laughs> yeah they're I mean it's tough because like these other than the Braves you know who have like sort of come back to earth but are just like they have that like raise grade advantage there's a lot of like really shitty teams ahead of the Mets. And like, if they have like two good months, they'll be in the wild card mix. It's just like, it's going to take two good months and it's going to require all of these like actually lousy teams sort of coming back to earth. And that part is easier to believe than like, as someone who watches the Mets most nights, like they're just not very good. Like they don't <laughs> like it's, there's not like the sort of thing where you can see some sort of green shoots of like, you know, this guy's power is coming back or, you know, Jeff McNeil is starting to sort of straighten things out. 
like it's sort of happening, but it's going to take a lot for, you know, guys that they're really counting on, like Starling Marte, Jeff McNeil type contributors, like to even just like get back to having like a league average season. They're going to have to be fucking great for three straight months. And I haven't seen any sign of that yet. And there's not a lot coming from like AAA, double A. There's just the thing that they do have going for them is that Francisco Alvarez like really is good. Uh, mm-hmm. the catching prospect. And this is again like classic Mets shit. So they had they signed a ma- major league free agent to play ahead of him this year in Omar Narvaez who has zero extra base hits on the season as we speak in early July. <laughs> he was out for a long time but it's like he's just been as bad as James McCann was or you know as useless. But I always thought that the reason that they signed over him is that they didn't think that Alvarez was actually that good, that they've always been really bad at evaluating their own guys. They think that their good guys are bad and their bad guys are good. That's been true for 20 years. And Alvarez, like they were saying, he's not a good defensive catcher. And, you know, the approach is not mature and whatever. And he's like 21 years old. The approach is not fully mature, but he's hitting home runs at a higher rate than just about any catcher in baseball. And the defense is actually very good. He's got a terrific arm. The pitchers like thrown to him. It's just like, they don't, they can't even get the happy accidents right. You know, that they're stuck paying $10 million to Omar Narvaez. They, you know, had to DFA Tomas Nito. They extended him. None of that is like a big deal, but all of it sort of points to the fact that they don't understand how good their young players are. And Brett Beatty is a guy that they could be, should be teaching to elevate the ball. They don't know how to do that. So he's not. And he's been like a perfectly, you know, serviceable rookie third baseman who has an OPS that starts with like a six and a five. So that's not what you want, you know, and it's like, obviously a good hitting coach could teach him to do something other than that, but they don't like literally Chili Davis was their hitting coach last year over zoom. Like they don't try. <laughs> like, and so in this case, it's hard to know but what to living hope for. In, living, living in New York city is expensive. I get it. It is. Yeah. Right. That's the, uh, it's kind of like one of the, the classic, uh, you know, work from home conundrums. Should he have to go to the office? <laughs> Maybe he finds it very triggering to do that. Maybe there's stuff where he's like emotionally not in a place where he wants to be in a dugout with Dan Vogelback. Yeah. Get him in two days a week and see how he does. Yeah. yeah. That's, I think that's a hybrid model. <laughs> well, that's good. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling uh, less tempered uh, enthusiasm from last season, still expectation that they're going to be the Mets. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing with them that, like you, I guess, like if you want a reason to be optimistic, which I know none of you do, but I'm gonna I'll say it. <laughs> like, like Steven just hit me with a gym face that would curdle milk. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to Mets game this season. I want to, I want some reason <laughs> yeah. to, to cheer, I, something to cheer for. I would prefer the Mets and the Marlins positions be switched. Yeah. Yeah. I, it would be more, be more fun, fun, I think, for you because <laughs> you know that you're cheering for a team that's better than both of them and will eventually probably turn it around. Uh, Mm-hmm. okay i so i think i mean the phillies also have that sort of thing where it's like it's a very expensive roster with a lot of name brand guys on it and it's also not yep. good yeah like the team's not good but i i do think that there's you know the, sort of the little bits that you can point to with the phillies in terms of helping some guys get better the team is either really good or really bad and it's just which one decides mm-hmm. to show up that day yeah it's a weird thing too because i think that we maybe spoke not while the Phillies were in the World Series, but like I actually, as somebody that is not a Phillies fan, came around on them last year as the type of team, like I love that type of team making a run to the World Series where you honestly have no idea how good they are because everybody's like playing at about like 120% of what you thought they were capable of. And so like Bryce Harper at 120% of what he's capable of is like fucking Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> like he like is levitating <laughs> slightly, you know, like it is a, it's yeah, a totally. cool thing to watch. The opposite of that though is that like if you spend a whole year watching guys be half as good as you expect them to be then like eventually like you just sort of lose the capacity to uh expect them to be more than that and i feel like at yeah. this point with the mets like i know that these players are good and that they're not it's not like jeff mcneil is not a big leaguer anymore and he's just gonna slug 300 for the rest of his life and even sterling Marte is like I mean, he might not be what he was or whatever, but he's not also not a guy that's going to, you know, slug in the 300s. And yet, like, I keep watching him fucking do it. So it's hard to like, (laughs) I would need somebody who is outside of it to tell me that. And then I'd be like, I guess you're right. But like, if I'm actually watching it on TV, like, I know 
what I'm seeing. And it's yeah. like, it's not there. Ultimately, we all have in the back of our heads our own little zips model. And it, yep. you're eventually just going from, okay, he's he's a 140 WRC plus guy to, well, maybe he's a 130 WRC plus guy. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, not a fun way to watch baseball. No, it's not. I mean, and it's definitely more fun, I think, to watch. The Mets are playing the D-backs right now. And... Oh, that's a great team right there. <laughs> well, it's weird. They're the <laughs> National League West leading Arizona Diamondbacks. I watched God them play bless. the other day, and I was sort of like, they are so cool. identifiably so very cool. much the fucking Diamondbacks. Like, but I would, <laughs> I would take a few months of them being like weirdly good, and you like kind of talking yourself into Geraldo Perdomo. Like, that's definitely more fun than watching all these like fucking name brand guys getting paid at the top of the market, uh, playing like they have just ear splitting hangovers. One hundred percent. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, Evan Longoria's got a couple more years in him. Who knows? Yeah, couple more. Oh, at least. Come on, look. I mean. <laughs> The platoon splits. He's got the whole thing. <laughs> he actually has been pretty good. He's been great. He's been really good. He's got like a like a one thirty five like OPS plus or something like that. This is like, why I want to believe that there's like any player of his caliber could have like the weird Jason Giambi end game where they're like still <laughs> like right up until they're like literally my age when they're like authentically in their mid forties that there's just like mm -hmm. a dwindling <laughs> amount of being good and that like if you just pencil him in for like 70 at bats he could still do that it's hard with hitters i feel like with pitchers it like borderline is true that that's how it works it's just like you know not a great way to build a bullpen or a rotation yeah i remember those like itchio years like that first year he was a marlin and was like the best fourth outfielder of of, of in the league yep. felt amazing every single yeah. at bat from that was was like special and cool yeah yeah and i was enough of a dork for him at that point too that i was like he could just do this forever he's fucking yeah. itchy, bro. <laughs> like i'm gonna die and he's gonna be playing in the major leagues if you own specialized workout equipment you have shipped over from japan i'm just gonna believe that you're physically fit enough Right. And like scientifically minded enough to keep your body like healthy to to like a Batman-esque level into your into middle age. Yeah. Like once you've seen the one Julio Franco that has ever existed in human history, like <laughs> you can kind of talk yourself into anybody else being that. <laughs> Julio Franco has changed the uh way that I do the immaculate grid thing because he like he had two careers back to back, basically. Oh. <laughs> he took his last MLB at bat when he was 47 years old. Oh, so, holy shit. <laughs> like, yeah. And he was like a good hitter, basically, right up until the end. It was just the thing I was That's talking about. It's usually like when guys are coming in for like old timers games and they're like turning to dust. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, Andy Chavez is not eating right. Like, that is an unhealthy diet right <laughs> yeah. there. And yet, like, yeah, that was Julio Franco stayed on those egg whites. Like, <sighs> It's so weird to think he played until I graduated high school. That is oh, it's well, crazy. A little concerning. And he, so his career began certainly long before you were born. I think it began <laughs> around when I was born. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Lauren, I understand that yeah, you have speaking of games, prepared. Yeah, yeah. Have, that Lauren, you've prepared Ooh. a game for us to it's play? It's nothing super crazy. Okay. Um, it's pretty quick. Colton Cowser is getting called up today by the Orioles. I first wanted to see, I wanted to do like a millennial or Gen Z names in major league, but that got depressing really quickly because they're all born in like 2002. Yeah. Um, mm. So instead, I, I Colton Kowser, um, uh, Bo Bichetti, we're in a great time right now for uh, baseball players whose names sound like Stan Lee characters. Mm. I like you rounding up to Italian on Bo Bichetti. <laughs> I, I like Just that a lot. Cost him an extra never... vowel at the end. Here you go, kid. <laughs> I've never heard He's him it. called Bo Bichetti before, yeah, but I love it. Ran it yeah. through the Madonna-fi filter on your phone. <laughs> it sounds like Machete. It's cool. Yeah. I think, yeah. It's yeah. the more Stanley version of the name, which is why I'm going for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. But I, I love Stanley-isms, like you know, Peter Parker, Jonah Jameson. That's one of my favorite quirks of his sure. as a as a air quotes writer, because um, he probably stole most of those. Um, <laughs> so I've just done a little quick Stanley character or baseball player. Oh, okay. hell yeah. Nice. This is a good idea. And I've tried to pull from like older, like before all any of our times kind of guys. And they're not like Hall of Famers. They did play for a while. I would be shocked if Roth doesn't go like bat a thousand on the actual MLB players. Do they have to have like played in Major League Baseball? Yeah, like all, made their debut? They all did okay. play in Major League Baseball. They all played for a couple years at least. Some of them were like a decade. Okay. Some of you're going to like, I know Roth is immediately going to get one of them know which one they are. Um, so I'm going to ask Roth to give your answer last mm, okay. of the three okay. of you. Okay, great. Okay, so these are, uh, guess the, is it an MLB player or Stanley character? 
First off, Rich Rollins. MLB. I mean, yeah, I'm going to go with MLB also. That sounds like an old MLB guy. Like they're all yeah. everyone. Everyone able to, I, like that. I think the oh, latest okay. I pulled was like the late sixties. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. 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 I'm going with MLB. Same. Yeah. This actually is not ringing any bells for me. Uh, so I kind of want to say that it's a Stan Lee thing, although it's possible that this guy just like played with Biff Pokaroba on the Braves. <laughs> I don't know about it. It's it does it predates uh, the name like actually rings a bell. It should me, it so. should. Um, he was the third baseman for the Twins from 1961 to 1969. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he like he like you know probably got embarrassed by Sandy Koufax in the yeah, World Series. Yeah, say, but he like yeah. knew Harmon Killebrew. Like he had like stories yeah. he could tell at banquets or whatever. And be like, so I says to yeah, Harmon. Like a lot of stories about Harmon yes. Killebrew. Like he was just he was just really polite. That's all he could say about him. Right? He's a really nice Good guy. guy. Uh, okay. you know, Tony Oliva's a really gen- great laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Right. Uh, next one here. Uh, Tom Tresh. I'm going comics. I'm going to go comic books on this um, one. Jane's comic books. Okay. Uh, that sounds comic-y too. I'm gonna lo- I'm one. gonna lock in comics before Roth speaks. This one, but I, like I it also, it also yeah. Name. I was just gonna say like it also doesn't sound like a comic book name because it like like you know it sounds like spencer strider sounds like a comic mm, book yeah. name yeah but that's it's a real just, one yeah. this guy's like borderline yeah. comic name yeah 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 like yeah. He, he would need to have like some kind of really goofy nickname in the middle to be a comic guy yeah you yeah. it's like the two syllables is uncommon for comic books you need you need like a yeah. three or a four sure but he sure. he was uh 1962 al rookie of the year for the yankees play with them from 61 to 68 okay. up next kerwin okay. corman <laughs> Wait, can you say that last name again? What? Kerwin... Say the whole thing again. Hell, treat yourself. Kerwin, <laughs> Kerwin Corman. You said Herman Merman? <laughs> <laughs> yes, played for the uh, Yankees from pretty far. <laughs> no, no, uh, are we Kerwin rural juroring? Yeah, we're rural. yeah, we are. Verger. It's not that hard to pronounce. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm just gonna ride on uh, uh, comics again. Uh, I'm gonna say MLB because Kerwin is a little too weird of a name for comics. I think. Mm-hmm. I want to believe that if this person had played in Major League Baseball, that I uh, would know about it because it's such a special name. I hope that this is uh, that this is a comics guy. That's a good instinct for you to follow. I think because he right. is a Stanley character, the Doomsday Man. Oh, the Doomsday Man. You said his name, Kerman, Kerman, Carmen, Kerman, Kerwin, Corman. It's not that hard to pronounce. You guys are making it harder for me to pronounce it. Kerwin Corman. All right. Darwin, Darwin, Barwin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you think that was bad, the next up is Paul Petrusky. Comics. I don't know. I don't I don't think Stanley like polls very much, though. Yeah. So I'm going, I'm going with uh, Major League Baseball. Yeah, I'm not familiar with this guy's Major League Baseball career, but all the, the Stanley names are just like super butched up American yeah. shit. Just, everybody's last name is like Parker. And like, the kind whatever. of, yeah, the kind of name that Arnold Schwarzenegger's characters would have in the 80s, you know? Yeah. You yeah. know what? You know what? It's Peter Petrelli from Heroes is like ringing in my head as I'm hearing, as I'm looking at this name. Mm. But I don't recognize it as a baseball guy. So there's definitely a chance that this was the one time that Stanley was willing to like maybe he ended it with a Y. Maybe he wrote a Jewish character and he lasted for three, <laughs> and he lasted for three episodes and that was that. Yeah, no, uh uh you you all talked Steven out of giving the right answer. Paul Petreski is a Stanley character known as Paste Pot Pete. Mm. Or the Trapster. Paste Pot Pete. <laughs> what? Stanley this one made is... a lot of there's two pages on Wikipedia. They have to have a continued page for Stanley. This must have characters. been one of the characters that like he actually came up with on his own. <laughs> you know? Wasn't just cribbing from a better writer. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, yeah. I'm I'm looking I'm looking at him right now and he looks like the murderous Moppets from the Venture Brothers. Like he looks fucking terrible. <laughs> this is Imagine, garbage. God, like, comics sucks. There's, there's so never bad. been an age in America where a kid like walks into a corner store and is like, wow, the new pace pot Pete. Like that's <laughs> just feels like a bridge too far like but yeah i don't think he's even he's a villain of someone who's not even very popular i think that was you know at the beginning of uh the departed when like kid matt damon uh gets a bunch of like groceries and comic books from jack nicholson like that's definitely one of the like garbage comics he grabbed off of the rack and gave him it's like you like pace pot pete kid like, there you yeah, go yeah <laughs> that's 
overstated <laughs> reptilian delivery of the yeah. name Paul Petrusky. This is an incredible image. <laughs> holy yeah, weird character. Holy shit. I don't think he's I don't think he's got like a, like a revamp in the last 20 years like most of those guys. There's no like there's no like Mr. Freeze Heart of Ice episode out there oh. for Pace Pot Pete, I don't think. I looked really. up Rich Rollins, however, and this is this is a fucking guy. This, He's the guy. Yeah. This the glasses, so good. Archetypal, like 60s third base. Third and he, base yeah, uh, looks like he's type. about 54 years old. Like, oh, this yeah, rules. this is really good. I yeah, love he looks this like dude. he was in like the uh the JFK administration's brain trust. Like that's a real <laughs> fucking Rand Corporation looking. <laughs> this guy was yeah. This guy was yeah. crunching the numbers on like where in Cambodia to bomb. <laughs> yep. like, he's on yeah. Wikipedia page about inventing like a, a right one of like an archetypal textbooks for the the first like microprocessors. Yeah, Robert McNamara singling him out in a meeting and be like, "You've been awfully quiet, Rollins." And he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> this was the guy that invented quaaludes for housewives." Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is that whole genre of baseball. There's the um the productive outs guys used to periodically just do the like, "Hello, I'm doing a sports images," where they would just pull like baseball, like spring training photo shoot pics of guys wearing windbreakers that were like, just looked like like bartenders, not like bar patrons. Like, it is very much that uh, sort of a stuff. Yeah, we we watched uh, battered bastards yeah. of baseball recently, and that is like a a master class <laughs> in that type of guy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Up next, okay. Uh, Samuel Star Saxon. Middle name. It's it's a Nick Star is a nickname, not a middle name. So Star okay. Saxon, Samuel Star Saxon. And is it is it is it s is it like Saxon like S A X O N? Yes. I'm going baseball. Wow. Uh, I I think I want to go comic books. Like. I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm going comic books. Saxon is too much. Right. This feels like comics to me, too, just in the sense that it's like if all of the Stanley names are like aspirational American thing, like literally just lopping the Anglo part off of Anglo-Saxon <laughs> and sticking that on the character's yeah. name as their last name is uh, that's definitely him on like a Friday afternoon at 440 p.m. being like, I don't know. Yeah. And then just firing that off and going out. You're you are correct. He is a uh, machine smith, an enemy of Captain America. Oh, uh-huh. Okay. Uh, next up, and we only have a couple, three, three to go. Wesley Westrom, comics. Stevens locking in comics. I'm going baseball. Yeah, it's a baseball guy. It was he went by. I think he played as Wes Westrom. Ah. Um, I but... did change it. Yeah, he did play as Wes. Uh, I I knew Roth would get this one because he was the second manager for the Mets. He played for the New York Giants as a catcher from 47 to 57. It is again though nicely almost um like George Lucasy in how low effort it is as a name. It could be, like, an, yeah, it could be like an alien in like the Space right. Congress. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody with <laughs> opinions on the Trade Federation that are like expressed at length. Yeah, he's he's the one from the Western sector, even though that yep. doesn't make sense in like space directions. <laughs> yeah. Okay, second to last one. Hammer Harrison. Baseball. Yeah. Going James baseball. Lockton in baseball. Oh, God, I'm, I've, I'm on a losing streak. My gut is to say baseball. I'm just gonna stick with my baseball. Unless this is like a Josh Harrison nickname, I'm not familiar with. This feels comics to me. Good instinct again. Yeah, I think I think the hammer sounds like a baseball player, yeah. like name or nickname. But Hammer Harrison is a mm. member of a group called the Enforcers that Stanley invented. I think also is Captain America villains. Oh, uh, okay. Tell us anything about him? Yeah, he's just a guy in a '70s suit with a huge lapel and like. Big pieces of metal strapped on the back of this his is hand. like the most obscure comic character. This is so I stupid. Yeah, he. This is not a well remembered yeah. or well loved character. Uh, there's also a Harlem Globetrotter named ha- Hammer Harrison. Oh, that's more I'm fun. Seeing. Yeah, everyone everyone okay. appreciates the Globetrotters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, last yeah. one. Uh, my favorite name on this list, Frank Funk. Baseball. I'm going with. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm also gonna say baseball, and I'm gonna be say like, yeah, that's uh the the guitarist for the Decemberist dad. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that that's the one of those you know his 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 uh dad's got a Wikipedia page yep. thing. That's Chris. It's Chris Funk's dad. Yeah, it's it's a baseball name, but I love the idea of it being like it's like a ninth tier Spider Man villain. He's like the Smell Master. Like his whole thing is just he's disgusting. <laughs> right. He's like he, he like his DNA like um was crossed over with like molds. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> 
Uh, you are right. He was a relief pitcher uh, for Cleveland from 1960 to 1962. Is he Chris Funkstad? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yep. I did not look into the reason. I should have done the research on that. I, I failed in the due diligence on following up on that. Okay. Yeah, I click the links. It's okay. as simple as that. Mm-hmm. That's everything I have. I cut Larry Sherry. He was too actually famous to include. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as much as I love his name. I'm glad. I think this is a good thing to have done instead of talking about like aspirational sunbelt zoomer name ways which is where like colton Kowser and all yeah. that fits in like i nothing makes me feel well a lot of things make me feel old but that one especially like just seeing people get called up and they're you know it's not even like the baseball names that i recognize and stuff it's you know like real caden aiden hours mm-hmm. where it's like you just don't even have to have like yeah. a last name anymore you can just like it's just sounds now very much so, yeah. You can't look at like single A rosters anymore because of that. Yep. Ugh. It's just weird to be like yearning for the good old days of a, a jet bandy. That was a name <laughs> you could set your watch by. Knew <laughs> exactly where you were with that one. Yeah. No, I was a little um relieved that at least with the name Colton, the oldest one was like born in 1991. Yeah. For some reason yeah. that name was a little older yeah. than we expected. I could once I got to mm-hmm. when I started at Deadspin, that was the first time that I really had any sense of how many people were reading the posts that I was doing. And it was a real wake up call that like all the name related posts that I'd been doing at different sites, like were not popular. That is just not a gag that people <laughs> widely enjoyed. But I did do one. I remember at Vice where I was like trying to trace like names going up and down over the course of like major league drafts and stuff like that. Like when was the first Colton drafted or like you know, like when did uh, like Caden become the name that is like every third player selected in like this brief period had it. And it's, you can kind of see it coming and going, but it got, uh, I think we're, we're sort of beyond the, the outer reaches at this point, like that this is, it's been turned over to Floridians and Georgians and people living in suburban Dallas with money. And they're just going to make decisions that will be effectively unparsable for people even as normal as us <laughs> yeah we're a couple years away from like the the face tattoo version of this which is going to be bringing in like the, the those characters where like the a and the e are joined yeah oh yep. god yeah. Mm, like that's... fucking elon's kid will be selected and we'll have like a brief yeah x oh god yeah. i forgot yeah. about his kid sorry about his bringing that one up. of one, one of important. many the one that's the one that talks to him still because the kid is like <laughs> i have to go poop and he's like all right I'll, one of my assistants will take care of it <laughs> yeah yeah grimes where's yeah. grimes yeah. Uh, but yeah that's the end of that's the end of my little mlb name segment thank you for that delightful well we love playing games on here we have we have many good mailbag questions should we get into yeah. those sure Ephus Asher says, is Immaculate Grid Roth's secret plot to have us all constantly remembering some <laughs> I would love to take credit for that. I DM'd the creator. I want to write about it, and they have not written back to me. Um, no. I feel like they're going to, like, the same way that, like, Wordle got sold to the Times, I feel like they're going to get sold to The Athletic or something like that, and then we'll oh. find out that it was either that it was one guy or that it's, like, the same thing as, like, with Pickleball, where it was actually, like, it's Michelle Somehow. Malkin doing it. Right, it's like Michelle Malkin <laughs> and like Rebecca Mercer. It's like basically like rebranded Cambridge Analytica. Yeah. And stuff oh, the like U lines are behind it. Like, great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love them. That's it's so fun. It's it's, cool. it's specifically like AO uh, AO media training an LLM just to replicate remembering some guys' posts. Yeah, yeah, right. That they're just like reverse engineering the part of the human brain that remembers the teams that Gary Matthews Jr. played for, and then from there it's just like a hop, skip, and a jump to being able to like launch nuclear weapons on us. They're gonna. <laughs> Gonna, they're gonna finish out their dastardly project by hooking Roth up to the lawnmower man machine. Yeah, they'll be, be <laughs> rendered crudely in there, making the Jeff Fahey face. Yeah. As, as, as I mentioned, that Jose Mesa actually played for the Orioles or whatever. I like it. I'm not. I will say that the thing about Immaculate Grid that has like I'm I'm good at it, like in the sense that I can like do all the names, but I can't do the like real perverted oh my god grids no the one about... percent like, have you seen yeah. like have yeah. you seen friend of the show swingman kim's when he does them he's done so has he done some i know like patrick dubuque is the one that's like where they're, nine like, rarity they're... scores and stuff on it yeah it's so i've seen patrick dubuque be in the like under five yeah. and a lot of that is like i can remember guys that like played for a lot of teams or that like i had their baseball cards and stuff like that but then once you get into like who had 200 hits in a season or any of that shit. I know very little about it. It turns out I like, I would have thought I was mm-hmm. good, but like I've, I've learned that I'm not. And then, you know, like the comfort ones, if you're trying to get the pervert score, like if you're trying to get like 
nine faceless homunculi as your answers and they're all like under one percent you know yeah like frequency like you can blow that up by just being like i don't know milton bradley and then suddenly you're just like uh you know down there with the fucking plebes and gen pop which is not where i uh envision myself being i consider myself to be sort of an olympian yeah i play uh, that game by my own rules i'm like if i can put fernando rodney in there i'm doing it yeah. Oh, same. I think that's also that's practice that's valid. to yeah. me. Like you gotta like if you're thinking of Fernando Rodney, you gotta if you see something, say something. In there. <laughs> the point of remembering guys is never to remember the the hardest, the most elite, rarest right. guy. Right. That's yeah. fundamentally op the opposite of what remembering guys is, seems to be about. I think that's what I need to do in terms of just like refine my approach to doing it and um, remember that which gives me pleasure and not try to like struggle to remember every team that John Roch ever played for or yeah. whatever. Like that's not yeah. fun. I'm thinking about John Roch. And I I know I I know people who cheated at Wordle. They're not as smart at wordplay as they are. I think there's some like stat head manipulation going on in some of those one mm percent -hmm. posts. Not to not yeah. to call anyone out, not to accuse any specific person, but maybe I'm like I really... maybe I'm like the guy who's like, oh Atani's juicing. <laughs> on this and i'm way underrating the amount of baseball stick goes out of there but i want to believe that there's like just people out there that like when they're doing the baseline test in blade runner that there's people that just like you know <laughs> saying stuff that are just like floyd banister floyd banister like, i want to believe that that's real like i have yeah. a lot invested in that actually emotionally yeah. Uh okay well let's let's see some more guy remembering questions uh my name is Stu. says was raul ibanez a guy a dude or actually him <laughs> uh he's a i'd say a, a high performing guy but he's like all of the this is like something that i actually i I like getting asked about it but it is like a weird thing to get asked about because it's these are all people that like i sort of know from online but don't know in real life and every now and then they'll just like dm me on a friday night clearly high and be like can you settle an argument with my friends regarding like albert bell's personal like placement in the you know <laughs> <laughs> the guy dude continuum and like I like doing that, but it is also a weird thing to be thought of as an authority figure in that sure. regard. Mm -hmm. On on this <laughs> completely like ridiculous concept yes. that yeah, I'm getting that about up, hoagies like... now. It's it is a little uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> right. I was gonna say that like you have the whatever the same sort of brand where they're just, like you settle an argument for my friends about a rotating gif of a liverwurst sandwich. <laughs> I, well, okay, Lauren, I I I saw you post um some a, a brown schwager sandwich on there the other day. Mm. Yeah. disgusting it's one of the things from my childhood that i remember just like it was everywhere being and you know, growing up in wisconsin disgusting it's too much liverwurst on a sandwich i think i actually talked about this with with i think this came yes. up in conversation with roth yeah where like that's too much liverwurst to have on 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 a liverwurst sandwich yeah yeah i had not had liverwurst until like a year ago in my life and i was wait given what it. That's yeah, definitely the was, appropriate like age to be inter introduced to it. Yes. Like I think that I don't know if I was being profiled. It was so the way I got it, this is gonna make it sound stranger. Cause I, I mean, the reason you go as long as I've gone without having it is that there's like there's a bunch of other things at the deli you can get that are better and more obviously appealing. And sure. so I never did it, but I was leaving the German butcher shop, my neighborhood, with some stuff, you know, that I liked more. And the person at the register was like, hey, do you want a liverwurst? And they just she had like a box of just liverwurst like, branded from the store that they had made. And I think they were just giving them to everybody. But it wasn't it was like sort of presented to me in a like as a hand to hand drug transaction. Like I tried to be cool about it. You know? like, yeah, no, I, I do think based on the people who I've talked to about that sandwich, I do think that is sort of like, you know, like there's a certain point where you stop getting ID'd at the liquor store. Yeah. This is like the this is the other end of that where like you start aging into like oh you're a liverwurst guy right like I was definitely profiled in that sense and that's like fine <laughs> like I was like looking extra haggard and I was like thank God they had rye bread and they were like oh great it's one of those yeah let's give them a liverwurst here, we He'll found someone forever. we can get rid of some of this liverwurst too yeah yeah, yeah right like he needs the iron I think. <laughs> <laughs> but it was weird Lauren and I were talking about it because like I did I ate it you know like you give me some uh, meat product for free I will eventually wow. work my way through it and it was like fine but to see it it was the texture is not very pleasing flavor mm -hmm. I didn't mind but the idea of just being like piled high with like <laughs> metallic yeah. organ goo mm -hmm. like no that's a fucking bad <laughs> experience to have that in your mouth is unpleasant uh okay Let's go to this next question. No, for oh. some reason, I'm sorry, I'm not ready to wrap up this sandwich. For some reason, that was a request from a friend of mine who is 23 years old, and it's her pervert, favorite sandwich. Perfect. That Fantastic. That's is she like, is she from Lancaster County, Pennsylvania? She is from DC, the DC area. She's the only sincere, like 
grow up a Nats fan person oh I know here. God. Yeah. Oh, that's which, which like is he... somehow stranger than all of like the the Raytheon people who are into it. <laughs> would you be so? Would you be really healthy if you ate a lot of liverworth liverwurst? Like, would you have like a glossy coat like and be like really... out? Like that's yeah. like that's like the kind of thing like a a, a king in the 15th century would. Yeah, get. that's a King of the Hill episode, I think. Yeah. And Bobby gets gout from eating too much liverwurst. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, are, do we have do I have permission to move on from liverwurst? Oh, anyway, the answer on the answer on Rollabanyas is like like a lot of guys. He had like a couple of years of like dude level production, but was unbalancing. All right, Sorry. all right, thanks, Roth. No, you're a pro. That we, no we needed that. Happy to. Uh, okay, right. next question from Nat. Uh, which... And I got two more points on organ meats. <laughs> I'd like to make if it's all right. All right, Nat <laughs> says, which team is knocking up their wives this All Star break? <laughs> I, I shouldn't be the one that's having to answer this. Who's fucking? Let's open the door. Yeah. Uh, Anybody's got a thought. Okay. All right. It is the Guardians. Okay. Sure. I'm I'm doing this like the most cynical way I can think and googling uh 2023 MLB extensions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. There's also a part of me that like as somebody who has spent a lot of time like at the margins of industries where there is a high end. I feel like everyone on the A's is like really should be taking advantage of the fact that they're getting like platinum grade medical and dental Ooh, right yeah. now. Like all those guys should be getting fillings. They should be like impregnating spouses if that's something they want to mm-hmm. do. Like this is there's no guarantee that like poor Brent Rooker is going to be covered at this level for another, whatever, five or six years. Get it while you can. Use those fertility drugs so you have, like, nine kids, because then they'll come out in, like, five months. And then, like, you got to get it fast. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Also, they're all going to follow, like, the Clay Bellinger, Cody Bellinger scheme, probably. You keep them close to the game. Mm. Yeah. If you're, like, a a one or two years in the majors guy for the A's, your kid is going to be an MVP. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But if you're like if you're an Adam LaRoche and you're around all the time and you keep Drake around the whole time, but you're you're raising an unemployable person. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like there's nothing that you could learn in school that you couldn't learn from like being near whatever, like a nude Yasmani Grandal. <laughs> the Yasmani Grandal just like in an open kimono walking around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, kid? Like like it's like uh, boogie nights, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The idea of he's being followed around by Andrew Vaughn blowing off firecrackers. Like, yeah, he likes to do it. <laughs> and that's why, Ad, yeah, that's why Adam even called him a leader. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Stall Maniac, uh, one for the holiday that we just passed, says, How would each of you fare in a hot dog eating contest? Uh, I, 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 horribly. I don't want to do that. That, that like, I... I don't have anything against hot dogs. Uh, I'm not as big of a fan of hot dogs as Lauren, obviously, but I do not want to try to eat, you know, several of them in, in a short amount of time. I am like a dog in that I. I it, it it is very hard for me to reach my limit of food to eat. I don't like wasting food mm-hmm. and I have zero self-control. Mm-hmm. So if I have a ton of food in front of me, I will just eat it. Even if I don't want my to language. eat it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and when I go to Dollar Dog Nights, I always get more dogs than I should. And I always make myself sick. I need to, I guess for this question, I would need to know, like, how's my mental health doing? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Where's my self-esteem at? We're pitching a hot dog eating contest. Odds are it's not great. Yeah. yeah. It can range from, like, if I'm doing good, I'm not participating yeah. yet. If I'm doing poorly, like, I'm on the podium. I don't know if I win it. <laughs> But if I'm trying to punish myself with nitrates, if I'm looking for like a plausible, plausibly deniable trip to the hospital, yeah. Yeah. then yeah, that is, I have never been in like a, a contest where I had to eat a bunch of stuff. But what Stephen said rang a lot of bells to me in the sense that like we were talking about this at work today about um, like, what would you like, what do you think that you could eat a lot of in a limited period of time? And I feel like the little like, like street tacos, you know, where it's basically like mm-hmm. two little mm-hmm. tortillas and some toppings and some onions and whatever. Like, I have never gotten to the point where I was like, I don't think I could eat any more of those. I've just right. like gotten to mm. the point where I realized I didn't want to keep paying for them or there weren't mm-hmm. any more left or the store was closing. I ca- Yeah, I call it the tortellini phenomenon where it's like you're eating a lot of a small thing makes it never yep. feel like you're eating a lot of it. Yeah. And then at some point you realize that like, perhaps you actually have eaten like two pounds of al pastor pork and like that was bad. And like, you need to go lie down like maybe forever. 
but like that, I don't necessarily have the capacity to realize that or like identify the threat in the moment. I, yeah. so I am, I, I have poor impulse control. I'm addicted to coffee. Hot things don't affect me. And if, if I were to pick one food that I had to beat someone at eating the most and the quickest, it would be hot pockets. Uh, oh, no okay. one, no one can fucking eat. Like give, like if I race someone, okay, five hot pockets. Who can finish them faster? It's me. There's no one in the world that can do that. That's really more me. of a that's a pain threshold thing. It feels like, <laughs> <And if they're, laughs> like if they're all arriving hot. That's the other thing with hot yeah. dog eating contests. As someone who likes hot dogs, the way that they treat those hot dogs and those contests—they're not is, food, not respectful. No. It's yeah. not respectful. Yeah. No, it is. They are. I mean, you don't want to say that they're gulping the glizzies, but it is, <laughs> there's, it's, they degrade the oh. food before they yeah. then degrade themselves with mm -hmm. it. Like it's just not. They're taking a beautiful thing and making it ugly. Disgust me. Yeah. yeah, I think I've talked about it on the show before, but there's a a friend. Some of my friends, when back when I lived in St. Paul, would do every year a pizza roll eating competition during halftime oh. of the Super Bowl. And it'd nice. be like just like mm -hmm. a couple dudes and they would just make like bags and bags and bags of it. And they would eat like 70 plus pizza rolls like each person. Oh, Jesus. Yep. Just I used to be able to do stuff like that. Yeah, yep. I, I actually had bariatric surgery seven or eight years ago now. And I, I don't really have any regrets about it. But the one thing you do kind of lose is the ability to eat like a lot of something mm -hmm. in a really short period of time. So I can do like half a hot dog and then you take the other half home. That's kind of the secret to the whole sandwich thing. I have a lot of leftovers. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. That makes sense, actually. Because like, I think it, it's like good if you don't have that ability to stop yourself. Like it is good that, that you're not like, because there have been cases, I feel like Charlie Weiss did it, where the, there's guys that have like gotten the bariatric surgery and then just like blown through that stop sign. Like they got the thing in their body that makes them stop eating. And they're like, no, I, I like pigs in a blanket more than that. <laughs> like you can't possibly stop. Yeah, it happens to about 50% of the people who get it. Yeah. That's oh my crazy. God. Oh, okay. That, I mm. don't want to talk about this Shout out to Charlie Weiss, too. Sorry I bring Charlie Weiss up. It's not even a college football podcast. I was just thinking of a guy I don't like. This one's from Staff, and he said also, and at the end of it, he said, also, please introduce the question as being from the very nice Richard Staff, and I won't do that. This one is from the villain Richard Staff, which I, I will always call him from now on. Uh, he says, can Roth name the moist, the, can Roth name the most 0.0001% ass player in his mind? It's not in terms of like a guy that played a few games like there's definitely like I could, I suppose, do that, that there's guys I like wrote baseball cards for or whatever. One of the ones um, I'm trying to think of what his actual name was. This is not good podcasting. I'm going to move on. <laughs> there's like guys that definitely like if you saw them, you know, once or twice. I remember a guy named Andy Tomberlin who played for the Mets and the Braves, like just a guy who had like probably 50 career at bats. I had his minor league baseball card when I was a kid. So I was like really excited when he was a Met. But the fun of doing that in the game is remembering that like Gary Matthews Jr. I mentioned earlier is like a really good one for this. He had like unremarkable stints with like 10 different baseball teams. And so if you were, are like, if you're desperate or if you just remember that like there was a period of time where like Gary Matthews Jr. was on the Orioles or whatever, like that's always really satisfying to get like a sub 1% thing just because everyone else had forgotten that some butthead spent a, a few games on a random team. So you think he's like the salient of the game, like the the most opt mathematically most optimal guy you could put in for your first guess in Wordle. I guess people say that it's Edwin Jackson and I guess that oh, makes some sense. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of the guys that have moved around a lot like Edward Jackson, I feel like played for some of the same teams like multiple times and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like if you had Gary Matthews once, like you pretty much like had that experience and moved on. <laughs> like it's like getting chicken pox or something. I do also feel like there's it's it, a position player just uh, tends to have more opportunity to uh, accrue like 50 to 100 at bats before a team cuts uh, yeah. parts ways with them than a, a pitcher ever does. So there's more opportunities to like rack up like short stints on on bad teams. Yeah. Fernando Rodney and Latroy Hawkins are both great too because they were like decently distinguished on about half the teams they played yeah. for. And then there's also a whole bunch of teams that they played for where you don't remember that they were. Rodney there. was just like yeah. bad every other year, basically. Yes. Yeah. One of the most beautiful things I think about this podcast is that Jane and I both had the experience of Fernando Rodney being a great closer for our team for like one year. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. For which I, is, I got again, him like, like through all, like until the middle of August, like until the trade deadline one time. Yeah. It was great. Fully <laughs> a third of baseball fans have had that experience, and I feel like all of the, like especially him being good when he's bad, you're kind of like, well, this like that's a lot of dancing for a guy with a five and a half ERA. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when he's good, he's so cool. He does so much shit. The fucking arrow like, thing. And he's, yeah. and he's my watch. favorite yeah. too. He's got the hat thing. That's cool. And like yep. he's my like one of my favorite types of pitchers where he's just like has a super good changeup. And like as a relief yep. pitcher, I love that so much. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He was him getting like important outs for the Nats the year they won the World Series was I think like that's exactly the capper for his career that I wanted. There was a bunch of guys on that team that were kind of like uh people that I had sort of assumed their major league careers were over, but they get to say that they had like a one, two, three inning in the World Series. Oh, There's absolutely. Dude, I'm forgetting his name. He was like he closed for the Dodgers very briefly. Um and there's like another guy with the exact same name as him that's also in the majors. I am going to look this up right now. This is like that's right. Uh, kind of embarrassing to be doing this. On no, the podcast. I know who you're we talking about. I'm trying to think of it too. Because I I watched a lot of that. I want to say it's like Jaime Berea, but it's not Jaime Berea. It's like a similar. Um, Javi Guerra. Yes, Javi Guerra. Yeah. And there's like another Javi Guerra. Yeah. That is that like rules. been active for the entire time that he has, and it's like not much better or worse. <laughs> Yeah, World Series champion Javi Guerra. Yeah, he's got a ring. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yep, that was before I uh, was out on the Mets. That was like how I was sort of thinking about their early season, where they would just have to keep calling up all of these like quad A relief guys that they'd signed strictly because they had <laughs> options. And I was like, "This is it. We're getting Zach Muck and her to postseason share. Let's fucking do it." <laughs> like that's that is another team's job now. That is over. That ship has sailed. All right, last question. This one from David Grossman. Leave this on a good good note for you for your Mets stuff here. What are some good memories from the '86 World Series? Oh gosh, I mean, I was so little. Uh, I was eight, and I remember. So my happiest memory of it, and this is the one that is like, like it's like one of my happier memories of my dad. I remember like the game. So game six, I like went to bed when they were losing because it was late, and I was like a child who had to be at school the next day. And I remember my dad waking me up when they had gotten runners on, like coming into the room mm. and like getting wow. me out of bed and was like, you should see this like one way or another. You should see this, which is not the type of guy that that he is. I mean, he's a very loving man and I care about him a lot, but he's never <laughs> like at some point he realized he didn't need to encourage my baseball fandom and was just at that point you're like managing the damage and you're just kind of like, <laughs> well, like. Could he have a normal life? Like, is there a way that we could direct this such that he will, like, ever be able to, like, look a girl in the eye uh, and not just instantly start talking about, like, the Orioles farm system? But that was I at that age, like, it meant a lot to sort of I don't really remember. I mean, I remember the ball going between Bill Buckner's legs like I did see that with my own eyes. But I remember like what I remember was being like led down the hall to the TV in my parents' bedroom to see it happening. Like that's the part that like, I don't know, that's like stayed with me and and still kind of makes me emotional to talk about, obviously. No, I I totally get that. I have the the same reaction when my dad let me uh, stay up to watch the uh, first episode of Lost. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Uh, Yeah, it's a big one for you. It's a Terry yeah. O'Quinn. Head. This is yeah. This is Lauren's <laughs> pivoting to Zoomer right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's tough. I mean, that's like. I mean, it is also weird because at the time they were like, I don't remember. You know, when I was a kid, like I didn't. I cheered for them. I think the first year I really cared was like '85, and they were really good, but they didn't make the playoffs because the playoffs was like four teams at that point. The Cardinals beat them out, and then the next year they won the World Series. And like as a kid, I was just sort of like baseball fucking rules man like your team is like always in the mix mm-hmm. you get in fights and bars and like somehow don't get in trouble for it like <laughs> kevin mitchell is there like lenny dykstra's energy level is completely explicable by normal means there's no reason to believe that pills and powders are involved and then like everything from that has just been a disillusionment over the course of like three and a half decades yeah this is usually how yeah. like the new york conservatives are created yeah <laughs> that is i'm basically it's the john this, this the yeah. trajectory <laughs> yep. yeah uh cool well i think we have to end it there david thank you so much do any of you want to share your memories of the 86 mets anything that you uh remember from being around for that uh, i my think <laughs> my parents hadn't met yet hell yeah love that <laughs> love that for you especially love it for me <laughs> super 
<laughs> we, I think, I think uh, the three of us were all born in uh, '88 or '89. Oh, so, right. uh, nope. Later Are you '90? Okay, I'm '90. Okay, yeah, that's Steven's fine. Baby. That's a good. That's an auspicious year. Yeah. That's the. Um... And some people pointing that out with like Jennifer Lawrence's career revival, where they were like iconic nineteen ninety baby Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I didn't realize people kept track of that, but that seems like a pretty that good is... one. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, David, uh, and yeah, congratulations on it. on once again becoming the unequivocal unequivocal batting around appearance <laughs> champion. For the for yeah. the time being, yes. until fucking Charles Starr said something interesting to you in a DM, yeah. and then he, he <laughs> yeah. Uh, We're all on borrowed we'll, we'll, time. We'll get you. We'll get you both on. You can you can duke it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be great. Yeah, we could we could tell you what about what it was like in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> you used to have to use a token to get on the subway. It was amazing. <laughs> Uh, you can use the Statler and Waldorf puppets in the yeah, little yeah. promotional <laughs> image. Uh, all right, and thank everybody. Thanks everybody for listening to this one as well. Uh, and if you're not signed up for our Patreon, go to Patreon.com/slash/BattingAround. Sign up there. Got some great bonus episodes coming up, uh, including one that should be out tomorrow when you uh, when you're hearing this because you should be hearing this on Thursday, so Friday. Be a great episode coming out as well. Yeah. Um, oh, and also follow us all on Blue on, on Blue Sky. Yeah, we're all on yeah. Blue Sky now. Yeah, uh, our audience there. is exclusively gay or two online, so don't pretend you don't have Blue Sky invites. You all do. Yes. Right, seriously. Yeah. Uh, you can. I we have I, one for the show. Even you can go to battingaround.blue.bisky.social yeah. or whatever the fuck it is. That stupid thing is. Uh, we'll Together, we will either one. make it work or not make yeah. it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's hard. Yeah. Too early I'm definitely to not no. going over to threads, though, because Ted Leo follows me on Blue Sky now, and I'm not I'm not changing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Right. I feel like that's the, the thing with, like, any of that little bit of capital that you accumulate yeah. with these deals, where it's like, I'm really just going to, like, pull up my roots and go over to some other, <laughs> especially it's like, to move to a city where Mark Zuckerberg is mayor, yeah. like, oh, maybe I'll wait no. to see yeah. how that goes. I got the notification during the episode that it's out, and I'm already signing up for it. Okay, great. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> threads. Threads, you said? Threads, yes. I don't, but it's not, they're not going to have it in Europe, right? Like, the that, EU, that, like, won't let it. How does that make it worse? I don't know. Well, yeah, I know, I know, but, like. <laughs> how, how much are you reading French Twitter no, 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 these no, days I, and getting a lot I, out I of love it. that. It's, it's a thing. It makes me wish that Brexit didn't happen. But, like, <laughs> uh, but that makes me worry about if it's going to, you know, work or not. It's because they're, I'm assuming they're, it's not in Europe because they don't want to comply with uh, privacy and anti-Nazi laws. Oh, yeah, they're not doing that shit. Uh, yeah. like, it, and. It's, it's a small price to pay too. Where it's like, well, there's no Dutch guys on here. Yeah, like, I think it's that's all right. <laughs> that does sound great. I'm mad about that. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to like go be on any social media platform where like the the guys from Disco Elysium is like going to be talking about my like physiognomy or whatever. Man, so, named Loop Van Hoor yeah. is like pointing out logical fallacies in your post. Right. Yeah, you're good. right. 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 Yeah, I don't. I don't need that. Uh, measure head. That's what I can have that on. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Cool. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Bye. Boys and Blazers. Smoke